Alex from Peru. That's good. <laughs> Represent from all around the world. I love right. it. Every time we start a live stream, everyone's like Brazil, India. You know, they're like all all from all over the world. They gotta they give gotta give a shout out. It's amazing. <laughs> the Trinity God. Everyone knows. Amazing. Awesome. awesome. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome through Instagram and the stream and the podcast. If you guys are hopping on, this is Filmmakers Uncut. Uh, where we bring in some of the best people from the film industry to interview um, and just, you know, chat with them, kind of pick their brain and see what's going on and how they can help you possibly get to a position that's alike to theirs. Um, today, we have Lucan here with us. Lucan, Lucan, how are you, my man? Lucan. Lucano. Lucano. Let's yeah. go, Lucano. How are you, man? Good, good. Uh, just wake up half an hour ago to do this interview because we have different hours. I'm in China right now. So yeah, like man. 7, 7.50 a.m. right now. For real. Yo, you actually came through for us. Yeah, we were trying to plan this and he's like, yeah, I'm, we're like a 12-hour difference with him right now. So it was either one of us wakes up in the morning and the other one is near the nighttime. So you actually came through for us waking up in the morning. Now I'm used to wake up in the morning for work, so it was better option for me. So it's no problem. Right, right. I'm glad we can make it work. Awesome. So, um, Lucan, <laughs> Lucano. <laughs> I see Lucano. Okay, Lucano. Um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, um, a, you know, quick little bio, uh, that would be amazing. Well, I'm from Peru. I born in Peru. Uh, 37 years old, uh, live in China for almost already eight years. And I started my career a little bit late, like 20, 24, 23, I start as a video editor because that's how I start just with the computer doing some editing. That's what they teach you in the school. So you try to match the storyboards and do editing in that. And I think I was I was lucky starting in that way because by doing editing, you already understand the whole process of what is a close-up, what is a wide shot, what is, you know, all the shot that you need to be able to tell the story. So it helped me a lot to understand what director wants, how to tell a story, how the composition of a frame, even if I didn't shoot nothing, I just keep watching all the mistakes that people do. <laughs> so that make me understand, okay, I shouldn't do that. Oh, I should do that. So after a while, I changed to camera operator because being editor is cool, but it's a little bit lonely. You know, you have to be always with a computer, be there rendering. With a camera, it's more fun. You are with the whole crew, you are outside, you are shooting in that moment, you are making it happen. So. I started doing camera operator and I, I love it. And I started develop myself. Um, I started working for television, which helped me a lot because I was uh, able to do news in Italy. I was working in Italy. I have my family who live there. Uh, in news, it was a pure adrenaline. There is no mistakes. You have that person in front of you at that moment, the, the journalist is telling you to catch that and there is no second shot. You know, or you catch it or right. you, don't, you don't bring anything for the news. So 
it was nice challenge to do that. Uh, the only problem is that, you know, television keep repeating itself. So the first year was fun. The second year was okay. The third year, it didn't feel any emotion. So I start moving to advertisement, music video, short films. And I was able to do both until there was the moment to choose. You know, you have to, oh, I keep doing television and have my salary normal from Monday to Friday, or I take a risk and do films and maybe next month I'm working and maybe next month I'm not working. So I have a call for a, um, a indie, indie project in Italy for a film for two months. Uh, and I took it, I said, okay, let's try it. You know, I, gonna, I won't earn the same as a television, but it's a film, it's something that I wanna do. My mom was so angry when I quit the television. <laughs> My family thought I was crazy, but uh, it's something that I, I always try to, to push myself. And then from there, I start develop myself more because I didn't have any backup, you know, or I have to do it well, or I lose everything. So I start developing myself more as a camera operator. I discover Steadicam during the process and I put myself uh, on the Steadicam more because as a camera operator, you have the dolly, you have the crane, you have handheld, but the Steadicam was something like, wow, I can do like something even more cinematographic that only handheld or do something like that. And I put myself on that and I start doing Steadicam operator for around 26 years old, I started doing my training and I started doing some music video and things. Uh, for a couple of years, eight years old, doing Aesthetica, when I have the opportunity <coughs> to Trinity, I just, I just did it. I just throw myself to Trinity because it's a project that I was following on internet. Um, the mobility to go up and down, how to be stable, and all the functions that now I know from Trinity is something that I've been following from, from the beginning. So when it was the, the opportunity, the time to do it, I just put all in and he said, let's do it, let's try it. And I was lucky that uh, when I got the Trinity, I was already working in a film here in China as a static operator. I talked with the DP who become really close friend with me. Uh, he gave me the time to use the, the Trinity as a training at the beginning before putting on the real shooting. Um, but uh, the director passed by one day when I was you know, just doing the basic thing. And the director didn't know what is Trinity or what was my deal with the, with the DP. He saw it, he liked it, okay, next shot, go. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, oh my God, like, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And you know, it's like those kind of moments, like you just push yourself and you just go. Uh, that happened. I just started running with the Trinity, going up and down. And every day, from that day, every day, there was always one shot with the Trinity. And that made me lucky because, you know, when you, when you train, you know, when you do sports, one thing is do rehearsal or training in the gym or practice with your friends, but it's not the same when you are really playing the game. It's different. It's different. Adrenaline is different. Right. So in that moment, every day was my 
I made much. I was really playing hard in that moment. I cannot make mistakes. So that helped me grow up. That film made me grow up with Trinity, make me understand more. And I have to learn all the tricks right away, which it was really hard because being the first Trinity operator sounds really cool, but there is no one to ask. There is no video reference. There is no tutorial. There is nothing. There is only a manual. And you can talk with, I talk with Kerr who tell me, but even him, you know, he created Trinity, but there is, there is no one who already worked with the Trinity. So if there is some mistakes or some problems, we are trying to figure out in the same time how to fix it, how to do that. So it was a big challenge, but it made me grow up. It made me develop who I am now. And I'm trying right now with my Instagram account, help people, you know, the videos I'm doing is not only to see how cool it is. If you pay attention, you can see how is my hand. You can see how is the Trinity set up. You can see many tricks. If you are a Trinity operator or aesthetic operator, by watching the videos, you can understand already how to move the camera, how to build the Trinity, which in my case, I didn't have it. I just have to use my imagination in that moment. Right, right. That's very interesting. For some people who don't know, they might not know like the difference between a Steadicam and a Trinity. Um, how would you explain like the difference to them? I will say this. If you know the Steadicam, well, uh, Trinity is the evolution of a Steadicam. Uh, because as the same shot of uh, Steadicam you can do with a Trinity, but the Steadicam is still um, is rely on the operator. Like I feel the big difference when I change to Steadicam to Trinity. Trinity give you this balance, and that is something that you don't have to think anymore. So you don't have to worry about losing the balance. You can even try to dodge a little bit your body to be comfortable. Something that in Steadicam you cannot be comfortable. You have to make comfortable the Steadicam. You have to be uncomfortable to be able to be the camera always on level. But we are not robots, we are humans. So by the end of the shot or in some situation, you will see a little bit losing the, the level because you are tired, because the location doesn't allow you to, to move in that smooth movement. And that, that's where Trinity helps you. Trinity is gonna keep that level all the time. So you can run, you can pan quickly, you can put in a weird position just to make you feel comfortable and the Trinity gonna help you to keep level. And the main thing of Trinity compared with Aesthetica is the ability to be able to go up, down, and be able to pass some objects. Something that with Aesthetica you have a limit. You can arrive to the chair or to the table and that's it, you cannot go forward because the Aesthetica touch the table or touch the chair. The Trinity, you are right to the limit, but you can keep pushing. So the camera keep going forward like a small crane, like a small dolly falling forward. You can pass to some objects, either over the objects or under. So it gives you a little bit uh, more freedom to create some shots. Right, right. That makes sense. Um, cool. So. 
I know going back a little bit, like you were talking about how your parents kind of gave you like a little bit of pushback. I'm just really taking this back um, to when you were telling your story. Um, when your parents did give you that pushback, you know, I feel like a lot of people's parents are like, hey, like don't pursue this, like keep doing what you're doing, right? Um, what made you push forward? Like what was the thing that you said like no to your parents and I'm gonna keep doing it? Because a lot of people, is very hard for them to tell their parents no, right? They've always listened to the parents. And when you go to say no to your parents, it's very hard. You know, what was that uh, pushing point for you where you're like, hey, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this on my own. Well, I have a little bit of, uh, it's, um, I, like I said, I started my career a little bit late. My parents are divorced, so I have to grow up when I was teenager, but my, I decided to grow up by myself. I been in America, uh, my mom in Italy, my dad in Peru, and I have to make myself by my own in America. Uh, I always like films, I all do that, but being by yourself with no support, you have to only work. So when I was teenager, I just started doing many jobs just to pay the rent which was McDonald's, Burger King. I work in hospitals. I work uh, garden as a babysitter. I just did a lot of jobs just as a teenager, just to be able to, to pay the rent, to be able to have some money. And these jobs make you grow up. You know, these jobs is like like jobs, you know, like say, oh my God, it's, it's Monday. I have to go to work. Oh, I hope it's Friday so I can finish working. And I can enjoy my weekend. And I've been doing these kind of jobs on to 23. So for a couple of years, I've been doing, always jumping between jobs just to get money. Not really something that I really like. Uh, when I decide to, to move to Italy, uh, be with my family there, I have the opportunity to, to restart everything again. And I start studying films, television and everything. And when I have the opportunity to start doing something that I like, like, editing, you know, I just want to do this kind of job. Yeah, it's long hours of editing. People complain about the overtime or how difficult it is, but it's something that I like, you know, something that nobody's pushing me to stay two, three more hours in the computer and try to make it a good video. It's something that I want to do it. It's something that I enjoy doing it. Instead to do the other jobs, for example, Burger King is the man I asked me for three more hours. I will say, oh, I don't want to do it. You know, even if I'm going to pay extra, I don't want to stay three more hours here. So suffering already at the beginning of my age, doing jobs that I didn't like, doing things that I couldn't have options to do it better. When I start doing things that I really like, that I really enjoy, I'm putting extra time, extra effort, and more work on that. It just, I didn't feel that I was working. You know, like, I, I just keep doing it. I just don't want to leave. I don't want to stop working. I don't want to stop editing. I don't want to stop shooting. I don't want to stop doing Trinity. Because for me, it's, it's my, my playground. I'm having fun. So you're paying me, cool. 
I'm, I'm, I can stay an, an hour extra. I know right now the situation for some production is, is hard. So I know some production might take advantage of this, you know, for new, new people who try to join and try to don't pay over time. I think it should be a balance. It should be a balance from the people who has money and production who understand that and also balance from people like me who really are passionate to do this, to don't give too much. If it's a level, I think everybody's happy. I don't like people who who is doing overtime 20 minutes and they start already counting the hour and they want everybody to stop for those 20 minutes extra overtime. I understand those people. I respect that. They are right, but it's not me. You know, I am so happy to stay those extra 25 minutes because I'm having fun and I'm doing my best instead to do those jobs that I did 10 years ago that I wasn't happy doing it. So I don't know. Did I answer your question? <laughs> hey, you did. You, you went on a little bit, but I feel like you gave super valuable um, like advice to everyone as well, right? It's about following, following your passion and doing what you like instead of, you know, working a job and just not enjoying it, right, at the end of the day. And that's what really, like, filmmaking is about, and that's why most people are in this industry, right? And, and even the stuff you said at the end of the day, like, no one at Burger King would be like, hey, if we stay an extra 20 minutes, like, no problem. You know, <laughs> those people be counting them hours, <laughs> right, every minute. Yeah. Um, what's one thing you wish you had known at the beginning of your career? Uh, I think the process that I, I made is, is ideal. If I jump one of the process, I won't be able to be who I am now. So the process to be ignorant and don't know nothing and start from editing to camera, to Steadicam, to Trinity, allowed mm -hmm. me to understand everything. I think if I jump some of them, I won't be able to do what I'm able to do now. So I'm happy how my career developed in that order. Mm -hmm. And I totally recommend- That's such a great answer. That's such a great answer. I feel like people sometimes neglect the process and how long things take to become successful in your career or even to really find your career, right? Like you started off in editing, you just knew that you liked film. You just knew that you wanted to be in that world. You didn't know that you were gonna become a, a Steadicam operator in the future, a Trinity operator in the future. It just kind of developed because you were following what you enjoy. And, and there are definitely, you know, valuable information from editing that helps you be a better Trinity operator. Um, actually, that, that's actually something I wanted to touch upon because something that I always recommend to anybody is to learn editing, right? As a filmmaker, learning the editing process helps you significantly when you're planning your shots, when you're creating a story, when you are in the moment and you see something cool, when you have experience in the editing room, you can connect those dots better, right? You, you can see the problems that might happen. Um, early on in this conversation, you were talking about how while you were editing, you learned the mistakes and not to do them again, right? You learned mistakes that other people did and you learned not to do them. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the mistakes that you saw in the editing room 
and how that helps you become a better you know camera operator well the basic you know establish shot just to understand where you are and then details close-ups over the shoulder in editing you understand the line that's the basic thing don't cross the line but some people cross it sometimes it could be a choice sometimes i don't know i always have difficult even even now when i'm shooting i just you know i'm 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 the trinity person so i just have to concentrate on the movement but be able to know the these kind of basics sometimes allows you to if i cross the line there should be a, a movement a motivation so i can help the dp i say okay we should this way if we should this way maybe i should start from the right point and then finish in the other side to to be able to help because i totally understand some directors uh, or dp they are so busy there is the client there is the artist there is so many people around them sometimes you can skip one shot and that's that's my job you know i'm concentrating only on, on the shots i'm just watching the shots i don't go beyond the purpose of the the client one that logo and everything so i think that's why i um i'm be able to to have friendship and some dp call me because um i'm not just moving the camera i just watching details that it could help them for the post-production as well. So we are able to communicate only beyond, okay, close up, go back, go faster. We can talk something more beyond the, the camera movement, how to connect the shot between shots, something mm -hmm. that sometimes is missing. Yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of like focusing on the shot and kind of helping the DP, you know, deliver the, the scene, right, communicate, whatever message is trying to be happening in that time. Can I, can I pick your brain about composition? Because to me, composition has always been like something that I'm always trying to get better at, right? You know, where you want to put your subject, how much headspace you're going to give them. Are you going to put them in the, the corner of the frame to make them feel isolated? And, and even movement, like your whole entire job is basically movement, right? Yeah. yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, composition and, and camera movements? Like when you see a shot, you know, you line your subject up, you know, what are some things that you're paying attention to, to, to make that shot look so beautiful? Like I, I went through your Instagram feed and like, I saw your compositions and you know, they just look so beautiful. But I know that when you arrive on set, you probably didn't just start like that. So how did you, how do you come up with such great compositions? Well, the composition is uh, start everything for the storyboard. So it's already the director who has the idea what to do the composition. If they need more space in the head, more space in the right and the left, then it comes from the director, come from the DP. When we are on set, maybe they see something. And then it's a whole process from the director to the DP to me. Because when I'm there, then even if they told me till up or till down, I'm in that moment, I'm watching, is the performance of the actor, is my movement. Maybe the director wants more space, but in that moment, in that area, the space wasn't good or it wasn't as he wants. And then I'm, I'm able to offer him, look, maybe I can start lower and then go up. Because the, the thing of Trinity or allows me to know Trinity is that when they design the shots, they always design it as a still image. 
So they have already the idea what they want in front. My job is to make that a movement. So I have to see the storyboard, understand the style, like if they want more space in the in the head, in the headroom. So, okay, I'll, I'll say, okay, that's what they want. They want more area on the actor because they have something to tell. I just need to understand, be in the location, play with the Trinity, and then I can start offering something. So for me, it's not creating, it's adjusting myself to what they need, to what they want, and I start offering that. So I see. Mm -hmm. it's a teamwork. It's not yeah, me yeah. signing that. Yeah. What I'm hearing is basically great composition is it comes from thorough planning and you know those incredible cinematic shots is, is, a, is a team effort and your job at the end of the day is to adjust it so that you can help the DP and the director you know get that feeling across through your movement. When you're thinking of movement, are there any pointers you would uh, you know give somebody like of course there's mo motivated movement and stuff like that. Um, but you know, like when you are in the moment and you're, you're coming up with the idea, you know, what's going through your mind when you're coming up with movement? Oh, just to do something cool. Like if I see the monitor, <laughs> I say, wow, it looks cool. Okay, let's, let's do it. It looks really awesome. But that right. helped a lot with the, with everything, with the actors, with the dancers, with the location, with the lights. Sometimes the DP make some nice lighting and I'm able to catch some flare. So I said, wow, okay, I can catch some flare if I put the camera here or maybe the sun is in the right position. Uh, we mm. just need to move the dancer a little bit to the right, to the left, so we can have some shadows. So it's everything during the process in the moment, but like, like you say, it's a whole preparation. I need to understand what the DP wants, what the director mm. wants, what is the storyboard. And once mm. it's in the location, process all this information together and try to bring something from that. Right. How do you feel if uh, you give an idea to a director or a, or a DP and they're like, no, like we're not doing that. I don't like that idea. <laughs> how, how, does that make you feel like, you know, a little hurt inside? You, you feel, you know, a little bad about that situation? No, I think I'm, I'm all enough to, to take it. No, everybody likes your idea. And, you know, it's, uh, for me, I, I'm trying to give three different points every time, so I understand what they want. So if I tell, if I put a little bit more head in the uh, room, and they say no, I don't like it. Okay, they don't like this space. Okay, let's try to bring it a little bit more down. There is some DP who like really close to the head, which is really difficult because as soon as the actor jump or you do one step up or down, you can cut the head. So those kind of DPs more difficult for me, but they want the line just exactly in the head. There is some DPs who want uh, the face always in the center. As soon as I, I propose something a little bit to the right or to the left, they say no. So in my head, I say, okay, this kind of DP want everything in the middle. Okay, no problem. I just try to find myself to be comfortable to keep everything in the middle. So it's That's just awesome. about, yeah, mm -hmm. you just need to give options to be able to understand what they like right so for you camera operators listening you know give your suggestions you know don't take it personally if the dp or director doesn't like your idea obviously you're just trying your best to 
create a better shot. And same thing to directors and DPs, you know, communicating with your camera operator is just going to help you create better shots is, is what I'm hearing. It's always a team effort, right? hundred percent. I totally agree too. Even, even producing on set sometime, you know, and then I'm like, Hey, like we should try this shot. And then the director's like, nah, you know, like it doesn't even matter what level you are. Right. Yeah. It really doesn't matter what level you are. You know, everyone has an opinion. Um, and you know, you're not always going to get your shot in the shot as well. Um, since we were kind of talking about camera movements, I kind of wanted to see what some of your favorite camera movements are. Is there like any um, that you do all the time? I know you were talking about like a starting from the bottom and then going up. Yes. Right. As a camera movement, is there like any other ones um, that you would maybe recommend to some people uh, watching? Well, I think the camera movement goes with the mood, like what you are doing. Not all the time it's going to work the up and down. The, the down and up helps you discover the place. So like, like opening a right. scene is really elegant, it's really nice. But uh, I think, like I said before, I like when, the, when I'm able to earn the trust from the director and the DP, and they say, okay, freestyle. I love that word because when they say freestyle, <laughs> it's like, okay, they trust me. I can do whatever I want. They just let me play. And that's how most of the shots, like um, <clears throat> the 360 that I do, like I do a quick pump, uh, it becomes for a freestyle because we did an advertisement that the director wants each scene different. And we did the, the basic, till down, till up, till up. Pan. We did everything, all the classic shots we did. The last scene, we all look and say, okay, what we can do now? You know, what? I already did this, I already did. It's missing one scene. We have to do something different. And I said, let me try something. Let me just, you know, uh, uh, fast pan. Uh, we tried, I tried. It was the first time for me trying it. Uh, there was many mistakes, but... Uh, at the end, after the third third take, I was able to control the, the chimbal very well, and we, we got it. And that become part of my um, list of shots for to offer to the DP or to the to the directors. So that that's that's one of the shots that I like it because it's something that I feel like it become something new. Now more DPs are asking me, so it become a little bit more normal for me so i'm trying to find something new to offer at the same time but those kind of whip pump is one of my favorite even if it's difficult i like it because it's difficult uh, and when they let me play like i can do some composition by myself like if you hold the time we were in the middle and they let me say freestyle okay now i'm gonna change the whole composition to one side or I'm gonna do a little bit more touch. So I like the freestyle from the directors or the DP. When right, there's no right. rules, whatever I do is gonna be good. So that's, that's good. That's such an interesting uh, philosophy. I love how you keep on referring to, you know, the work that you enjoy as play. 
Like you said yeah. that a couple times throughout this, you know, live. Like you just kept on talking about you like it when the director DP lets you play. I think that's such an interesting way to look at cinematography because you are technically playing, right? Like you have a subject, you have a scene, and just changing the angle is going to make a dramatic impact. And you're playing with those concepts and those ideas and enjoying the process and just having fun, right? I think that's the, that's the trick. If you're having fun, you start. One, don't look at the time. You, do, you are not stressed because you're having fun. You are with a low energy and you start seeing things in a different way. So when I, it's also psychological for me. You say, I'm playing, I'm just having fun. Let's, let's try this, let's do this. And you are not tired when you're having fun. You know, like I, I like to play soccer and I just keep playing, playing, playing. I can play for many hours and if, Technically, I'm super tired, but if you say five more minutes, that's okay, let's go five more minutes. But if I'm not having fun and I'm stressful, I'm counting every second. I just want to go home. I just want to stop working. I don't, I'm not concentrating to do my job very well. I just want to finish. So, and I saw that in some, in some production when the people are not enjoying the job, when the DP just said, oh, one more shot. Okay, just put the camera on the tripod and just, just shoot it. Say, oh, okay, you know, you're the boss, but we can do, you know, it's the last five minutes, we can do it better, but it's different people. So I just try to put myself, you know what, let's just, let's just have fun. I mean, I'm... Mm -hmm. Speaking of fun, um, what are your favorite things to shoot? Because at this point, you've done music videos, commercials, short films, features, even you know broadcast. What are some of your favorite sets to be a part of, and why? Well, it's tricky because you know it's 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 like food. I think like you can you you love chicken, but you cannot eat chicken all week. Then you want fish, and then you want beef, but then you miss the chicken from the first week, so you wanna come back. You, so, <laughs> like when I do films, I love films, but I just finished a, fi a film of. Uh, it was five months, war film. Uh, I like it, but after the third month, I say, oh my God, I miss advertisement so much. I wanna <laughs> run, I wanna <laughs> run, I wanna go with the, you know, with the Adidas advertisement, Nike, keep running. And now I just come back from an Adidas shooting. I was so tired and I said, oh my God, I wanna do broadcast now because you are, you are in the studio, everything is, in a good ambience, you can have your you break. So each each job has something positive and negative. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to jump between them, to do mm -hmm. film, advertisement, and broadcast between them. So I'm, yeah. I'm just... You, I was going to ask you, do you think your, you know, diversity, like, you know, doing a bunch of different stuff, do you think they help each other? You know, just like you said, you're doing broadcast, right? And then you go into a short film. But do you think your work in broadcast, like, helps your work in short film, for example? Yes, 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 yes. I think each each job, like, they have each of them has a trick. Each of them has a request. So mm -hmm. when I go to broadcast, uh, I bring all my knowledge and tricks from advertisement and films, and they like it. You know, sometimes the director from broadcast have been doing only broadcast. So the same beginning of the show, the same 360, 
the same close-ups. In one moment of the broadcast, the director doesn't tell you anymore. So that's when he doesn't tell you what to do, that's that's my freestyle. That's okay, I'm gonna take the chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna start from the feet. I'm gonna do something that I did in the advertisement last week. Let's see if he likes it. If he doesn't say anything, that means it's okay. Only when they yell at you, that's wrong. So mm-hmm. you try to avoid try to they don't say nothing to you. But if everything is quiet, that means you're doing a good job. So you always propose the same thing from the from broadcast to to advertisement, like the zoom lens, normally we don't use in in advertisement. In broadcast, we use it more. So when there was some opportunity, I said, let's let's try to use the zoom for this movement because there were some dancers, and the DP want me to push in, push out most of the time. And I said, look, if if we put a zoom, you will be able to create that push in, push out even more. I mean, I'm gonna push in, push out, but if you open when I'm open and you push when I'm push, the camera moving, it's gonna be more strong. And we tried and he liked it and we use it. We use the Zoom, the whole music video. So I was super tired, but <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the result was really, really nice. Something that we didn't do it before. So each mm. of them give you a small trick that you can use it between them. Right, right. I I kind of saw a question down here that I kind of want to get into. We usually don't take like questions. If you guys do want questions, if you go to the uh, little question mark down there, we'll answer a few questions at the end. But I did see a question here that's pretty interesting um, that I was reading. What do you think about Chinese productions? Are they the same as Western? No, it's uh, totally, it's, it's China is a different world. Just like I was telling you this morning, like try to connect between each other with application. There is many restrictions and everything. There is no union here, which uh, allows everybody to make their own deal. But even if it's a free market and there is no rules, there is invisible rules that everybody respect and you try to don't do the overtime or they try to respect. Um, I feel that after eight years I've been here, Chinese production changed a lot, become a little bit more Western in the way of organizing, in the way of uh, doing things. So um, I'm happy here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I still don't speak Chinese <laughs> because it's really hard. I am able to travel and work by myself with basic Chinese, but uh, Compared with Western, it's totally different. I think one other thing, other than the language, uh, is how they organize the the schedule. Um, there is less break. In the same time, maybe some sometimes we work more hours, sometimes we work less hours, but it all depends. Each production depends on the director and the production house. So if you are working with good production house, they have more Western style to do things. With more locals, then it's a little bit more chaos. It's more uh, more hours, it's more losing time on set, but that's because they are new, it's experience. So it happens the same in Western, you know, good production house, they organize very well things. New production house, so people with less experience, they give you more travel or you have more hours of work or traveling or 
losing time between changing locations. So half half. Right, right. Well answered. Um, I think this is a super valuable question because usually we don't get too many people um, on this podcast who have moved countries to shoot like as like as dramatically as you like going to a new country, not really knowing the language or anything. Um, what are some tips you would give someone um, to maybe like, you know, make connections like um, just like getting on set when you're new to a country? Because I know like uh, a lot of people message us from different countries. They're like, hey, we're coming to Canada. Um, like, do you guys have any jobs for me? Um, you know, what is a tip that you would give to someone moving to a new country um, and how to get into the industry? Well, I keep moving countries. So what I did in, in all the situation is bother, you know, don't, don't be shy. Don't say, oh, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to send him a message. You are new. You have to bother. You have to send emails. You have to call. You have to try to approach. Uh, that's what I did. I've been sending emails at the beginning, try to get that right person to allow me to introduce to another person. And just do your job as good as you can, because no matter how many emails you send, no matter how it's good you show real, when you do a job like what happened to me in each of them, the first job I did in Australia, the first job I did in Italy, or the first job I did in, in, in China, the first job I did, I did my best. And from that first job, the people who saw me working, they asked my contact and they refer, referred to me to their friends. And that from there, just the friend start calling me and the friend of the friend start calling me. So just try to do a good job, enjoy it, and just do your best you can from the beginning. And that's yeah. how was my, my, my result in each country that I've been doing it. Right, right. We see that on our sets as well. Like when people are like super positive um, and they do a, a very good job, you want to bring them back on, right, yeah. to the set. So it makes a lot of sense. And and then you don't you never know who you're working with, right? Like you never know, you know right? Th there might be a producer on another set and he's doing like AC or something, you know, and then he becomes a producer. He's like, hey, I'm going to bring you on to this set. Yeah. So you, you really don't know who you're working with. Camera, camera assistants helped me at the beginning here in China. They like how we work and they recommend to the DP friends, assist, uh, director assistant, like you say, that they were doing uh, there, but then become producers. So you, just, uh, you never know who is watching you. You never know who is around you. So just just do a good job. Just do, they call you to do that. Just, just do it. You know, don't, don't, don't worry too much and just do your best and things is going to come. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I kind of want to get into this question. We do always ask it on here. It's what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? <laughs> that helped me a lot. That also reminds me every day to, to don't be like that. I call it my, my Red Bull experience. That's how, how it's in, in my life, my Red Bull experience. <laughs> when I was doing television, uh, I started doing advertisement and all that. So I feel in the television that I was the big cameraman, you know, that I can do everything. Give me the camera, I can shoot everything you want. I was very... My ego was really big in that in that year. Uh, they called me for Red Bull, and they say, you know what? There is this sport 
we want some cameramen to do the shooting and everything. And I said, yes, I can do it. I never do that sport, but you know, I said, oh, I can do everything. I went to that shooting with no preparation. I didn't prepare myself about the sport. I didn't prepare nothing. I just very confident. Just give me the camera. I can do it. The guy jumped. I, I didn't know where he was. In two seconds, he was next to me and he was doing the interview. It was, I, I catch nothing, nothing, only one shot. We went to see the playback. The producer was angry. They did, everybody was angry at me. I catch nothing. I come back home almost crying, like giving up myself. Like I said, I don't want to do this job anymore. I'm a, a failure. Like I did not, I, I lose money. They didn't pay me. I, 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 it was the worst day of my life that day. Uh, it took me days to recover. And that experience say, okay, you have to learn. You have to prepare yourself. You, you are not the best. This thing shouldn't happen again. You, you know, you have, you, I start to rebuild in my whole psychological thing to don't be like that again. So even now when people joke about the, the Trinity and everything, I just put myself Red Bull, Red Bull. Okay. I'm not that, I'm not that Trinity <laughs> operator that you, that you guys see on Instagram. I just try to come down. Okay. Let's keep training. Let's keep doing the balance. Let's, you know, Let's keep in the basic, keep in the basic, keep training, keep being like that. Don't go over the clouds. Otherwise, you're going to make the Red Bull again and you don't want to be in that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, oh, learned, I, learned, I learned from that. It was the worst day of my life. I don't want to happen. So every day I try to, 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 to remind myself. And when I see a Red Bull in the street, I say, okay, yes. Okay, let's, let's train. Let's <laughs> Let's do the one, two, three. Let's let's do everything just normal. You are no, you are not God. You are not anybody. You are just a basic camera operator. <laughs> that you are trying to from level one to go to level two. That's my <laughs> my mentality now. I'm in level one. I'm in level one, and I want to go to level two. That's it. I'm not level ten. No, no, no. Level one. So let's keep doing the basic. That's an awesome mentality. I feel like you have a bit of PTSD from that situation. You know, every time you look at a Red Bull can, you're like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, like you get a little scared. But like such a great mentality, right? Like always learning, always growing. You can always be better. Don't let your ego get too big. So yeah. smart and definitely will help contribute to becoming better because you always feel like you can absorb more and become like, you know, better than where you are right now. I, I think that's great. Yeah. That's great. Just a funny point. You're like, I'm not a God. And then I like, I named this interview today, like interviewing the God of steady. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Hilarious moment. Hilarious moment. Um, amazing. I think we're at 46 minutes in. So we're going to get into some questions. If anyone has questions, leave them at the bottom. We're just going to go uh, through them and see if anyone has any good questions um, that we can ask you before we hop off here. Um, I do have another question on here. Dane, do you have any other questions or should I no, go for this? Cool. Um, we didn't really talk about like inspiration. Do you have anyone who was very like in, uh, influential in your journey of filmmaking uh, that you want to share with us? 
Well, I've been, I love film. So when I, technically I don't have a person to inspire, I have films that inspire me. So the whole process of the film inspired me like, wow, I wanna do that kind of film. I wanna do that kind of shot. I would like to be in those kind of productions. So, but it's, you know, every year there is a new TV series, a new film, and that motivates me to, to say, wow, I wanna, I wanna be like that. I wanna be, I wanna do those kind of things. Recently, something that uh, that I was able to meet in person is from 1917, the film, uh, the Trinity Operator, Charlie. I was able to meet him last year before COVID. And I know his story, you know, he it was his first film in, in his career. And he did 1917. From, no, the from shots short, are insane in those. <laughs> from, from short film, from music video, and his first shot to do as an operator, as a Trinity operator, as an as operator, just an operator. It was 1917 and he was the Trinity operator for that film. So that story just give me a lot of energy. You know, I said like, I will, one of my dreams is do those kind of productions, to work with those kind of uh, uh, storyteller, Marvel, I'm a Marvel fan. So just, <laughs> So I would love to do that. So Charlie gave me that uh, that inspiration that, you know, it could happen. You don't need to do something. When is your moment, it's your moment. And when is your moment, you have to be ready. And he was so ready that he nailed every shot that he did. The forest shot that he did at the beginning of the shot, he just amazing. So uh, even now we communicate once in a while, we talk, we share information. Uh, he is right now, let's say, my hero to like, say, you know what? I'm 37, I'm gonna be 38, it's gonna arrive my time. I have to be ready. Let's be, let's train today. Let's get ready because it's gonna, my 1917 is gonna come sooner or later. So let's, let's prepare. That's amazing, dude. That's amazing. I can't believe he did 1917 for the first time and he not mess it up, you know? like. There's some insane shots in 1917 where they're like in the trenches that like one shot in there. I'm just like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> such long shots. Insane. My, my favorite from that one is the forest because I being in, in that kind of situation and how smooth he can be in low mode for operator being low mode. You know, you can start high, low, moving and you change the speed from faster the most difficult for operator, even for Steadicam, is the the movement that you think is easy, that is stable, or move really slowly. And he's a machine. And there is one almost at the end of the movement that he go really slow to the close-up in low mode, and you see the people laying down. You say, wow, that's... And you, the music, you know, the whole lighting, the whole thing, is just really put you in that situation. So it's really inspiring that film and the whole story of the operating, of the operator, how everything was there. So it's nice. It, it keep motivating, giving motivation for me every day to get out of the bed and keep training, get out of the bed and, okay, let's let's do one one more exercise today. Let's, let's do balance today. Let's try to find how to do this cable better for the Trinity. So 
when the time is coming, I'll, I'll be ready. That's amazing, man. That, I'm, I'm glad he was able to inspire you. Hopefully we can get him on here as well and uh, he can share his story and, you know, hopefully inspire other people. And I'm sure from today's podcast, I know um, you inspired me and I know other people are going to get inspired as well from this. So uh, we really, really appreciate you coming on here. Uh, before we end off here, um, someone was asking, uh, Danielle LTC2 said, which school do you recommend or what do you recommend to do? I know um, we've gone a lot through this topic and we almost ask this question like every time. Um, but I do want to know your opinion on school. I, I don't think you did go to school. I tried to go to school. I couldn't finish. So the basic of editing, I got it from the school. The basic from camera operator, I got it from the school. For learn Steadicam, I went to a seminar for one week and I tried to get the basic. So um, I believe in a school. I didn't have the opportunity because for money and time, I have to do other jobs, like I told you, to be able to survive. I didn't have the support of the family, so that pushed me to delay my career a little bit late, but in the same time, made me grow up about my behavior of working. So that I think that's very important. Uh, I, I recommend a school, like if I have the opportunity right now to stop and go to the school, I would love to, I would love to, to have that experience. But in the same time, I know that one thing is reading and learning. The other thing is putting it in practice. Like I learned Aesthetical in one week, but I learn more or I develop myself more by shooting and practice. Trinity, I had the manual, uh, the Kurt uh, talk to me and tell me but the way I learned it is because I was every day, every single day shooting like a real shooting because I have to. So if you're going to take this seriously, one thing is learn the basic from the school and that's good. Once you have the basic, take it seriously and do it professional every day, every week if you can. If you want to be a director or a DP, Cool, go to the school, learn the basic, learn how to tell the story, the lighting and everything. Once you have that, shoot. Go shoot a real short film. You know, put in your mind that you're gonna send it to a, a festival. Don't just shoot a short, uh, uh, a short film just to show to your friends. Take it seriously, take it like a competition. I think that's, that's how I take my, my, my job, that's how I take my, my career. Like, I'm in competition with everybody, so I have to do one step more than everybody. If I just have to train at home or just do balance just for myself, I won't arrive who I am now. or I won't know as much as I know now. So I say take it serious and do the extra step compared with everybody. Amazing. I think, I think if you didn't have that Red Bull experience, I don't know if you yeah. would be as like motivated as today, you know, I think it was a blessing at the end of the day. It was hot. It was super hot. I, I still, when I see the Red Bull, I feel like, <laughs> well, like when you say Mufasa and you're like, oh, I feel the same. Right. Even now, even now, you're telling the story, just, ah, I'm going to go train right now after this. I go <laughs> Oh my God. Amazing, dude. Amazing. Uh, 
Thank you so much for hopping on here. I enjoyed my time. I'm sure Danny did as well. Um, I hope everyone watching here did as well. And we just really appreciate it, man. We really appreciate it. If anyone wants to find you online, um, they're listening to the podcast, where can they go to connect with you? Well, like I say, I mean, China is a little bit difficult for the song application, but Instagram so far is um, trying to reply everybody there. So I apologize if sometimes I'm not able to do it because there's so many messages. So I use it my free time to reply. But normally Instagram is the the social network I'm using to be able to communicate with everybody. Amazing. And and your Instagram is Lucano Jr. So yes. L-U-C-A-N-O-J-R for those listening on the podcast in audio form. Um, awesome, awesome, my dude. Dan, you got anything to say before we hop out? I don't think so. I think Poya said it all. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy morning, right, <laughs> to, to, to come hop on this uh, podcast. And, and yeah, definitely had some fun. Can't wait to see your feature film when it comes out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> When you uh, get your 1917, we'll be your we'll, we'll oh be there. My God. That would be amazing. I hope so. I'll let you know. <laughs> please do. Please do. Amazing, dude. Thank you again, dude. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for the invitation again. Of course, dude. Of course. Thank you. See, See you, you <laughs>